He loves you so much. He loves us so much. And he wants to have that personal relationship with so desperately that he came to the cross and gave his life. And he wants to speak to you over the next few moments. Wherever you're at, maybe you're worshiping with us online on the other side of the world, or maybe you're at our Tascacita campus or you're right here in the woodlands. God knows what you're going through, and he loves you so much. We could never deserve such a love, but I just want you today to let his love flow into your heart and just experience a little bit of how much God loves you because it changes everything. It's not that you need to love God more. You need to understand a little bit of how much God loves you, and then you'll just give your whole life to him because someone who loves you that much, you can trust him with everything in your life. Do you believe that? Amen. I want us to pray, and let's just ask him to meet us right where we're at, but not to leave us there. Take us to new places, new blessings, new paths. Dear God, we thank you that you're a God who's not out there somewhere in the cosmos. You created the universe, but Lord, you really care about every detail of our lives. And we thank you for that. I, I pray right now over the next few moments that you would just bring healing and, and strength and just meet us right where we're at. Lord, you know everyone's problem, everyone's pain, everyone's hurt. And I know some people today have these huge burdens that they're carrying that are just crushing them. But Lord, I know that you're close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. And we just pray today that you would do miracles in our lives and just take us to new places and new blessings that we could never get to on our own. Lord, we believe you in advance for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Well, we just started a new series that I'm calling Lemonade, and it's all about how God brings something good out of all the sour circumstances, all the bitter disappointments, all the devastating and painful things that come into our lives. When we give those lemons in life to God, he fills us with the sweetness of his unexplainable peace. And then he opens our eyes to see that our greatest adversity is really our greatest opportunity for God to do a greater work in our lives. Our greatest adversity is our greatest opportunity for growth. Our greatest adversity is our greatest opportunity to go to a new level in life. It's our greatest opportunity for new blessings. And by the way, the word opportunity comes from a Latin word, opportune. And the key part of that word is port, opportune. You see, that word was used to communicate that your boat was in the port and ready for you to board. Your ship was in the harbor getting ready to set sail. It's in the port. Your opportunity is waiting. And all you have to do is take one step onto your boat and it will take you where you could never go on your own. In the late 1800s, a 21-year-old young man by the name of Sven Nelson took one step onto a boat in Malmo, Sweden that would take him to a new land of opportunity in America. He used all the money that he could scrape together to buy a ticket on that ship, and he left everything and everyone he'd ever known behind to step into the unknown. The only thing that he did know was that he was about to face the greatest adversity of his young life. The long voyage crossing the Atlantic would be almost unbearable in cramped quarters, and it was really dangerous because a lot of the ships bound for America never made it. 
He also knew he would face a lot of adversity trying to make it in a new culture and to cultivate a new land that would just take everything he had to eke out a living. He knew that one step onto the boat would guarantee him problems, pain, and overwhelming adversity. But Sven also believed that that adversity was his greatest opportunity that he'd ever had in life. He took that one step of faith onto that boat, believing it was a step of opportunity that would take him to a new land and a new level. And when he took that one step onto the boat in Sweden, I don't think he would have ever dreamed of the ripple effect of blessings that it would create for generations to come. For you see, Sven Nelson is my wife Chris's great-grandfather. So I'm so grateful he took that step onto that boat because if he hadn't, I would have never married, I'd never met and married the love of my life. And the greatest decision I've ever made next to committing my life to Christ was to ask Chris Nelson to marry me. And if Sven hadn't taken that one step, Woodland Church wouldn't be here today. I guarantee you, you wouldn't be here today because I would have never had the courage and the wisdom and the faith to start this church without Chris. I'm so grateful that Sven Nelson saw that his greatest adversity was his greatest opportunity, and your ship is in the port just waiting for you. I really believe that. Your opportunity is waiting. And all you have to do is just take one step of faith onto your boat and it's going to take you where you wanna go. But that first step is a scary one. It's uncomfortable. It takes courage. Because the name of the boat is adversity. It's not opportunity. It starts in the harbor as SS adversity. But then when you take one step of faith onto that boat, the name changes instantly to the SS opportunity. And the greatest problem you face today is actually the boat of possibility. And all you have to do is to let God change your perspective just a little bit so that you'll see that he can take that adversity and turn it into opportunity. So that you'll take that one step of faith onto the boat, then the boat will take you to a place of deep and rich blessings that can never be taken away. And this weekend, we're talking about one of our greatest opportunities to experience the sweetness of God's peace and to break free from the chains that hold us back. It's the sweetness of forgiveness. But I have to say, forgiveness is a really hard thing for us to give. It's one of the hardest things to give. But when you take that one step onto the boat of forgiveness, you experience some of God's greatest blessings. So I want us to open our Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 12, and would you stand in honor of God's word? And it's part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus taught us how to pray. It's right there in the middle. You'll probably recognize it, and it's really short. So I want you to read this out loud with me to try to get it. And so everyone at Atascacita, you read it so loud that we can hear you here in the woodlands. How about that? Everyone worshiping online, read it out loud, even if you're the only one in the room. And all you guys in the woodlands, read this out loud with me, okay? Just join in with me. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. You can be seated. Now, I gotta ask, do I really want to pray that prayer? God, forgive me the way I forgive others who've wronged me. 
I, I mean, I'm all in on the first part of that prayer. God, forgive me because I like to get forgiven. I know I need forgiveness. And there's no question about that. And I want God to forgive me of all my sins and mistakes and regrets. I want God to erase those. I want God to wipe the slate clean in my life. I mean, I want God to forgive me. So I'm all about the first part of that prayer. It's the second part that bothers me. Do I really want God to forgive me the way I forgive others? You see, I wanna say, God, can you just forgive me and not tie your forgiveness of me in with how I forgive other people who have hurt me? Can we just stick with God forgive me? Some of the greatest adversity you'll ever face in life is when someone wrongs you and hurts you, stabs you in the back, betrays your trust, cheats you, sins against you, wounds you. And when those kind of lemons come into your life, that's almost impossible at first to really see that God can take them and somehow bring something good out of them. It's really hard to see that God can do anything redeeming with those kind of hurts, much less use them as your greatest opportunity for new blessings. Now, God doesn't cause these kind of limits to come into your life, but there are times when he allows them, and they can be devastating. You know, they can be crushing, confusing, because you didn't cause them, because it's not fair, because it's not your fault. I mean, you didn't choose this for yourself. Someone else chose it for you. But then you do have a choice. For you see, when someone wrongs you and hurts you, two boats pull into the port at the same time. And you better choose wisely which boat you will step onto because it's a destiny-changing choice. First, there's the boat of bitterness. And when you step onto the boat of bitterness and you hold on to your hurt, and you, you hold on to that bitterness because you think you're getting back at that person, that boat just takes you farther away from God's grace and mercy and blessings in your life. And it keeps you anchored to your past. It keeps you chained to your hurts. But then there's the boat of forgiveness. And when you take one step onto the boat of forgiveness, uh, then you experience freedom. You experience God's sweet peace and healing in your life. You experience God breaking the chains from your past and setting you free to move into your future. And when you're hurt, you will step onto one of those boats. You don't have a choice to stay back and not step on. You will step onto one of those boats, either the boat of bitterness or the boat of forgiveness, and with God's power, we can choose the boat of forgiveness. Look at this next verse, Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now focus on that phrase, root of bitterness. Bitterness is a poison from the past that just poisons your life and all your relationships in the present. And you need to understand that it just doesn't come natural to forgive. It's not natural to forgive someone. It's natural to step onto the boat of bitterness and hold onto the hurt. 
it's supernatural to forgive, and that's why you need God's power. And I've got to admit, as your pastor, I have never felt like forgiving. Now, I felt like getting even many times. It reminds me of the lady who was waiting on someone to pull out of a parking spot so she could take the last empty spot in a crowded mall at Christmas. And so she turned her turn signal on and was showing that she was going to take that spot as soon as the driver pulled out. But right when he pulled out, a young man with a souped-up sports car just darted in the spot before this woman could even react. And she was so mad that she rolled down her window and said, you can't do that, young man. And he said, oh, you bet I can. That's just the way it is when you're young and fast. She got so mad. But she calmly collected her thoughts, and she put her car in reverse and began to back out. But then she stopped, and she put her car in drive, and she slammed on the gas pedal. She floored it and smashed into the back of that guy's car so hard that it pretty much totaled both cars. And this stunned young man yelled, what are you thinking? Are you crazy? You can't do that. And she said, oh, you bet I can. That's just the way it is when you're old and rich. It feels good to get even. It comes naturally to us to get even, but yet, when we try to get even or we hold on to that hurt, it's really a bitterness. It feels good to stew in bitterness because they deserve it, but bitterness is a poison that only poisons you. We think holding on to the hurt is really keeping that person on the hook. If we hold on to the hurt, we're not letting them off the hook. We think by holding on the bitterness, we're getting back at them, but it's just the opposite because when you hold on to bitterness, really, you're letting them keep you on the hook. You're chained to that person from the past who hurt you. You're still letting the person from the past keep hurting you in the present and messing your life up in the present. Now, if someone hurts you and wrongs you deeply, and you're still holding on to that hurt, then you're still chained to the past. But when you step onto the boat of forgiveness, then you have freedom from the chains of your past. You're no longer letting that person who hurt you in the past keep hurting you in the present. Look at Matthew 6, 14 and 15, because this is just a couple of verses down from that part of the Lord's Prayer that we read at the beginning. Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you just dozed off during this message, that verse ought to wake you up. Because Jesus is saying here that if you don't forgive others, then you're not going to get forgiveness. You see, when you become a Christian, and you commit your life to Christ to save you. He comes into your life, this Holy Spirit. He gives you a free ticket to heaven one day. He will never leave you. He will always be in your life. He forgives you of all your sins. But as a Christ follower, we still sin. And you see, before you became a Christian, you were in the captain's chair of your life. You were at the center of your life, making the decisions, directing your life. But once you surrender your life to Christ, you move out of the captain's chair of your life and you allow Christ to sit in the captain's chair and direct your life and speak to your heart in that still small voice and, and guide you and, and you, be, you have a new heart. 
that wants to follow him with all your heart. But then whenever you sin as a Christian and you disobey God, what you're doing is you're pushing him out of the captain's chair and you get back into the captain's chair for a moment. Now, he's still in your life. He won't leave you. He's not outside your life. He's still in your life. But you've pushed him to the side. And then when the Holy Spirit convicts you of that sin and you ask him to forgive you, you confess it, then he gets right back in the captain's chair again. And you again have that communication with him, that connection with him where he guides your life and guides you to his blessings in life and gives you his perspective. For you see, that's why you need forgiveness because when you move out of the captain's chair or when you push him out of the captain's chair and you get back into the captain's chair, then it really disconnects you from God. And it's really hard to hear his voice in your heart. You kind of lose your direction. You lose your way. You stop feeling God guiding you. You stop feeling his peace. You know, you don't really know what direction to take in life. Things get really confusing because you're no longer in that deep connection with God. And that's why you need forgiveness because you need that deep connection with the Lord. And that's why Jesus said, if you don't forgive someone else, then you're not gonna get forgiveness. And you can't get back into that connection with God that you desperately need. For you see, there is a third boat that you're going to need to step onto over and over and over again in your life. And it's the boat of God's mercy and grace. And we all need it because we're all in the same boat. And so if you hold on to your hurt, Basically, you're blowing up the boat that you're going to need to step onto over and over again in your life because you're gonna need forgiveness in your future. So you forgive so you can have freedom from your past and you forgive so you can have forgiveness in your future that you're going to need. So how do we forgive? How do we turn to God and get his power to forgive those who've hurt us. First, I've got to admit my hurt. And I wanna put this in your notes in your phone. You gotta admit your hurt. Now, it's hard for us to admit our hurt. It's hard for us to admit it when we're hurt because basically, we're admitting we're vulnerable, that someone can hurt us. And a lot of times, when we're really hurt, we'll say, well, I don't care about that. Doesn't bother me, who cares about that person? I don't care when we're hurt deeply. So we have to get honest with God and admit our hurt. And I would say Christians really struggle with admitting our hurt, because we mistakenly think, well, I shouldn't be hurt, I need to forgive. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel bitter about this. I shouldn't feel hurt, and so we say, oh, no big deal. Don't worry about it, I forgive you, it's no big deal. I know I shouldn't feel hurt. No, the only way you can forgive someone is to admit that they hurt you. And so you don't say, well, no big deal. Who cares, it's no big deal, I shouldn't feel this way. Because when you do that, you really step onto the boat of bitterness. And what happens is it builds up. When you don't admit your hurt, you ignore your hurt, it still builds up. And it usually comes out in an explosion. And I've seen it so many times where someone will not admit their hurt and just blow it off, and, but then it'll build up and it'll build up and it'll build up and then it'll explode and maybe they, quit their job and leave in a poor way and then everyone thinks, wait a minute, I thought they were really happy. It seems like they hate us. And it's because they never shared their hurt. 
and it just built up. They never admitted their hurt. And so the first step is I've got to admit how deeply I'm hurt. Instead of saying, hey, no big deal, I forgive you, I'm a Christian. Say, it was a big deal what you did to me. It was devastating. It wounded me deeply, but I choose to forgive you for my own sake because I don't want to get bitter. I choose to forgive you because Christ commands me to. Sometimes we don't want to admit our hurt because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want conflict. But look at this next verse, Ephesians 4.15. It says, rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. You see, truth and forgiveness go hand in hand. You can't have forgiveness without the truth and honesty of admitting your hurt. And sometimes, really every time when we're hurt by someone else, we also feel a little hurt by God. God, why did you allow this? God, this makes no sense. God, this isn't fair. God, and really it comes back to, we just need to admit it to God and say, God, I don't like it and yell at God and argue with God and then come to the place where it's like, God, I don't like it. Doesn't make any sense to me. I'm hurt deeply, but I know you know what's best and you allowed it for some reason. And I'm gonna choose to forgive them for my own sake because I don't want bitterness to poison my life and all my relationships in the present. I don't wanna be chained to that person. I don't want that person to keep hurting me. And so I choose to forgive for my sake and because you command it. And I'm gonna need forgiveness in the future. You can't forgive until you admit how deeply you're hurt. And maybe for some of you, you need to write a letter today to someone who hurt you deeply in your past, and at that time, you just didn't have the strength to really stand up and say the truth. But now, you need to write a letter to them to express how deeply they hurt you and just say what you did was devastating. And I want you to know at that time, I didn't have the strength to say it and to stand up, but now I do, and I just wanna say what you did hurt me so deeply, it wounded me, but I choose to forgive you for my own sake and because Christ commands it. And it will set you free. Some of you, the person who hurt you is no longer on this earth, but you still need to write a letter, write a letter to them and, and then just give it to God and tear it up because God wants to break you free from those chains. He wants you to forgive others for your own sake. And God begins to bring a, a river of healing into your life when you do that. It starts as a trickle. But then as you continue to walk in forgiveness, whether you feel like it or not, then it becomes a river of healing in your life. And so I have to get honest with God and others and admit my hurt. And then secondly, I have to choose to release my offender. Now, a lot of people think if I release my offender, I'll let them off the hook, and it's just the opposite. When you release your offender, you let yourself off the hook. And when you release your offender, you don't let them off the hook, you release them to God and his justice. And God is a loving God, but he's also a just God. And one day, he will make everything that is wrong and unjust on this earth right. You can count on it. And so you trust it to God. Because God says there are two things I never share, my glory and my vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so you give it to God. 
You give it to God to take care of, and he'll either take care of it on this earth or he'll take care of it one day in eternity. And so I've got to release my offender. I don't gotta be honest with God and say, I don't feel like forgiving. I've never felt like forgiving. I don't feel like forgiving, but I, as an act of my will, as a choice, I choose to forgive them, and I release my offender to you, God. I'm not gonna hold on to this hurt. And I choose to forgive them for my sake and because you command it, even though I don't feel like it. And you make that choice in that river of freedom. First, it's a creek, and it starts to flow in your life. Now, a lot of people struggle with releasing their offender because they confuse forgiveness with trust. And those are two different things. We forgive instantly, even if we don't feel like it, as an act of our will, as a choice to step onto the boat of forgiveness. But then the boat of trust is totally different. It takes time to build back trust. You got a business partner who cheats you and you think, if I forgive them, I've gotta get back into business with them and be a really good Christian. No, you forgive instantly for your sake and because Christ commands it. But trust takes time to build back. And when a spouse, in the marriage relationship, when one spouse betrays the other's trust, you forgive instantly by God's power. Uh, but then it takes time to build trust back. Two different things, forgiveness and trust. And by the way, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice, and it takes God's power. In Matthew 18, 21, it says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So Simon Peter comes to Jesus with a question. He says, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me and wrongs me? He came to Christ with a question, but really he thought he had the answer. He said, seven times? And he was expecting Jesus to go, Simon Peter, you're so spiritual. And he's go, wow, you're even more spiritual than me because I was gonna say five times. And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And all the disciples were stunned and they said, you gotta give us more faith. How in the world can we do that? What was Jesus saying? He was saying, you forgive every time the hurt comes to your mind. Every time it comes to your mind and heart, you just say, I don't feel like it, but I choose to forgive them. So God, I choose to forgive them by your power. And then five minutes later, when the hurt comes to your mind again, instead of stepping onto the boat of bitterness, you step onto the boat of forgiveness again. You go, God, I choose to forgive them by your power. I don't want to, but I do choose to forgive them. And then a few minutes later, when the hurt comes to your mind again, you forgive again. And before you know it, that little trickle of that river of healing that starts as a trickle, turns into a creek, will turn into a mighty river rushing into your soul and the memory will start to fade and the healing will take place. The healing that only God can bring. I think though the main reason why we struggle with forgiving others is because we just don't realize how much we've been forgiven. You know, we hear about Christ going to the cross to forgive us of our sins, and we wear crosses, and we have crosses, and, and it's really sanitized because we know that he shed his blood for our sins, but we don't really think about it that much, that my sins caused the God of the universe to die on a cross and, and shed his 
perfect sinless blood and he was covered in blood and he was whipped, he was beaten. His face was unrecognizable because of all the blood upon his face that had dried. And he, the worst thing was not the pain, not the humiliation, but that he took the sins of the world upon himself. This sinless one, this perfect one, took all of our sins. And the only way I could come into relationship with holy, perfect God who loves me so much and created me was for his son to do that, to bridge the gap between my sins and God's perfection. Sins are devastating. Sins are so hurtful to God and they separate us from God. And so I think the reason why I struggle at times with forgiving others who have sinned against me is because I don't realize how much I've been forgiven. I have no grasp of how much I've been forgiven by God and you'll never have to forgive anyone more than Christ forgave you. But when I get just a little glimpse of Christ on the cross, makes it a whole lot easier to forgive. You see, we're all in the same boat. But a lot of times, we don't think we are. We think that my sins aren't as bad as someone else's sins. You know, I mean, I'm not that bad. I'm not in that boat. And we kind of put in about 10 different boats. You know, here are my sins, and I'm in a boat that's a little higher than some others. I mean, sure, I've sinned, but it's this boat. And then we compare ourselves to others, and we think there's a lot of different boats. But with God, there's just one boat. We've all sinned. We're all broken. And a lot of times, we try to control our brokenness. We try to control it rather than just confess it and surrender each and every day to Christ and his free gift of forgiveness. We're all in the same boat. None of us have it all together. When you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, then he changes your heart. And from your true self, you really want to follow him. You really want to do what's right. You really want to stay away from all those destructive things that were hurting your life. That's your true desire, but you also have your flesh still. As long as you're on this earth, you have that natural self. You have the supernatural, but you have the flesh in you, and your flesh craves all kinds of things that will destroy your life. I want you to look at what the Apostle Paul said because he at times tried to control it, that brokenness, rather than bring it to Christ daily. He says, I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to, what I hate. I know I'm rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Can anybody here relate to the Apostle Paul? This is the Apostle Paul. Now, some of you are more spiritual than the Apostle Paul. At least you think you are. But what he's saying here is, I know what I really want to do, but then I don't do it. And I know what I don't want to do, all these destructive things, but I end up doing them anyway, even though I know they hurt me. I really want to fix my problem, but then I try to fix it and I just make it worse. I try to control it. And I know I should forgive that person who hurt me because it's for my best, but I end up getting really bitter. I don't want to hurt the people I love the most. I mean, the people I love the most, I, I never want to hurt, and I end up hurting them more than anyone else. Those sins that I don't want to do, I end up getting stuck in them. Can you relate to that? 
What's the answer to that? Well, Paul goes on to say the answer in Romans 7. He says, so you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right, but the old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. What's he saying? He's saying that I still have a, a sinful nature. I still have flesh that craves to do all kinds of destructive things. And when I quit trying to control it, when I quit trying to cover it up, and I just confess it and bring it to God every day and say, God, in my flesh, I mean, I'm a narcissist. In my flesh, I'm a liar and a luster. In my flesh, you know, I do all kinds of destructive things. In my flesh, I hurt people. In my flesh, I'm so proud, so selfish. And you just admit it to God, but then you remember as you bring it to Jesus, that's not your true self. You may have done those things, but that's not your true self. Your true self, your true heart is, you wanna follow God with all your heart. You lift up God first and you put everyone else ahead of yourself. That's your true self. You tell the truth at all times. You're not a people pleaser, you're a God pleaser. And you affirm the truth, but you gotta also admit the truth about your flesh. And when you cover that up and try to control it, it will end up controlling you because whatever you try to control will end up controlling you. And the apostle Paul would just bring that flesh to God and go, hey, this is my flesh, but that's not my true self. So I bring my flesh to the cross every day, and every day I admit this, but then I turn to you because of what you did on the cross, you have set me free to live for my true self. But if you don't admit that every day and turn to God and the cross and live from your true self, then you get stuck. Whatever you try to control begins to control you. And so we gotta admit that we're all in the same boat. And when you get honest with yourself about that, that we're all in the same boat, we all need desperately to be forgiven. When we admit we're all in the same boat, then it's a whole lot easier to forgive someone else. When you realize a little bit of how much you've been forgiven by God, it makes it a lot easier to forgive others who have hurt you. So you don't try to control it, you just confess it to God. And then in James 5.16 it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Don't try to control it, confess it to God, and then confess it to someone else who's trustworthy. This really sets you free because sure you have this old flesh that craves all these things, you get stuck in these things, but when you confess it to God, he forgives you instantly. He doesn't say, why are you bringing that same old sin back to me? I'm just so angry at you. I'm frustrated at you. I'm giving up on you. No, he just forgives because God is a forgiving God. He just forgives instantly, but he wants you to experience victory because he knows how devastating sin is, and you can't experience victory and healing until you tell someone else and you humble yourself and you tell someone else about your struggle, about your sin, about that hurt, You've gotta tell someone else that's trustworthy because something happens when you do that and they pray for you and they encourage you and maybe you need to meet with them once a week and just talk about it. And Then you're not hiding it. You're not trying to control it. 
you're getting forgiveness from God. You don't go to people to get forgiveness. You don't have to go to a pastor or a priest to get forgiveness. You can go directly to God because of what Christ did on the cross, but we are to go to other people and confess for healing and victory because God wants us to live in victory. He wants you to live every day from your true self, and the only way you can do that is every day admit your flesh and how gross your flesh is, but that's not your true self, and you need someone else who knows your struggle, who can encourage you, be there for you, and pray for you. And I really believe with all my heart God wants to work miracles today. And we're gonna have our prayer teams out at the fountain at both of our campuses, out at the fountain, our prayer teams and pastors, and after the service is over, we would love for you to go out there and maybe you're holding on to a hurt. It's so hard to forgive. And you're holding on to a hurt that you've been holding on to for a long time. And you just need to tell someone out there. They're trustworthy. You tell them and they'll pray for you and then you can just choose to forgive whether you feel like it or not. And you'll begin to feel the healing of God in your life. For some of you, this is your healing day. This is when God breaks you free to move into your future, not chained to your past. And for some of you, there's a struggle been going on in your life and you think, I'm ashamed of it. And you're filled with shame and you think, I can't tell anybody what I'm going through. I'm probably the only one. No, you're not. And that's the way of freedom. The Apostle Paul and you are in the same boat. And the only way to freedom is to humble ourselves and admit it to God, confess it to God, and someone else is trustworthy and they're trustworthy. Maybe you need to go out there today and just say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And this is the day that starts your freedom so that you can start living from your true self as a Christ follower. And some of you just need prayer for a miracle in your life. We've seen God bring healing relationally, emotionally, physically. God is a healing God. And it says right here, pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so they'll pray for you for healing or pray for a family member. We all need prayer. We all need prayer desperately. And so I just really encourage you after the service, go out there and just trust someone to pray for you. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. It makes all the difference. I want us to stand right now because I just really sense that there's some folks out there that you've been holding on to a hurt and you were hurt so deeply and maybe you've been saying through this message, you don't know how I've been hurt. You don't know how I was abused. You don't know how I have been wronged. You don't know how deeply I have been crushed. You don't get it, Pastor. You don't know. I can't forgive. And the truth is you can't forgive in your own strength and power, but God can do it through you. And it's not letting them off the hook for justice. Justice needs to be done, but... It's letting yourself off the hook and saying, God, I don't feel like it. God, I don't get it. I don't know why you allowed it, but I just choose by your power to forgive them and I release them to you and your justice. And God, I trust you and the healing will start and you'll no longer be chained to that person from the past. You'll no longer be chained to the past, but you'll be set free to move into your future and the healing will have started in your life. 
You see, bitterness causes all kinds of problems in our lives and relationships. It just poisons us. It even can poison your health. But God wants to set you free. And some of you just holding on to hurts all the time. You know, you just, every little hurt you hold on to, and it's time to stop that because that's not your true self if you're a Christ follower. It's time for you to be a forgiver for your own sake because you need forgiveness in the future. I want us to bow our heads because some of you, you've never stepped on the boat of God's mercy and grace, and you need forgiveness. We all do. We're all broken, and we need God to heal us and make us whole. But if you've never received Christ and let him sit in the captain's chair of your life, this is your day. Just pray this prayer silently to God. Dear Jesus, I admit I need you. I'm in the same boat with everyone else. I've sinned, and I need your forgiveness of all my sins that I could never earn or deserve. I accept your free gift to heaven one day, and I ask you to be in the captain's chair of my life. I'm tired of trying to direct my ship because I've crashed it upon the rock so many times. I need your forgiveness, and I need you to be the Lord of my life, the captain of my life from now on. And then, Lord, I just pray for every one of us who need to forgive today that you would just help everyone who's holding on to a hurt, just release it today by, whether they feel like it or not, Lord, as an act of their will, just praying this prayer silently to you. Jesus Christ, I don't get it, I don't like it, I don't wanna forgive, but I choose to forgive today. I choose to forgive them and I release them to you and I ask you to begin healing my hurts. I forgive for my own sake and because you command it. And I thank you for all the forgiveness that you've brought in my life and continue to bring. And Lord, I also pray for healing, that you would heal broken emotions and broken bodies and broken relationships as only you can. And I pray for someone out there, I know many, Lord, who are struggling and and really feel stuck in a sin and a struggle that today they would confess it to you and then they would just admit their flesh but that's not their true self. And they would also tell someone else to be in it with them, to pray for them. And today is Freedom Day. I thank you, Lord, that you set us free. Lord, break chains today that have been on people's lives and hearts for years. Break chains and set us free today to walk into the future with new blessings and new levels. Set us free today as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Remain standing because I really believe that Jesus makes all the difference in our lives. And I want you to know I'm so glad that I met Jesus Christ because he's changed my life. If I wouldn't have met Jesus Christ, then I wouldn't have met Chris. This church wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have any of the blessings that I have in my life. And once we realize the difference Christ makes in our lives, that he has changed us and he didn't have to love us. He didn't have to forgive us. He's perfect, holy God, but he did everything he could to provide that forgiveness for us. And aren't you so glad you met Jesus Christ because he changes our lives and his love flows through our hearts? I'm so glad I met Jesus Christ. If you haven't met him, then you didn't meet him because he's, I've gone down a lot of broken roads, but somehow he led me to himself. 
Think about all the wrong turns you've taken in life, but somehow he met you right on that broken road. And I'm so glad I met Jesus Christ. I'm so glad he's changed my life. And when we start praising him and turn to an attitude of gratitude to thank him, the hurts and the bitterness, it starts to go away because we thank him for the forgiveness and the road we're on now. Aren't you glad you met Jesus Woodland Church? Let's give him praise and thank him and let's sing that to him. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.